Hello and welcome to episode 25 of Special Parents Confidential. I'm John Pellegrini and in this podcast we're going to talk about early childhood interventions and the first diagnosis. Now there's probably nothing more nerve-wracking and stressful for any parent than the realization that your new baby, your infant, your toddler, your child might have some problems. Whether it's not speaking, not sitting up, not walking, not engaging socially like other kids, the hardest question most parents face is, what am I going to do about this? Of course, friends and relatives will tell you, oh, it's all right, that's just how some boys or how some girls are. They'll grow out of it. But that's not always the best advice. And if your child really does have a developmental delay or a learning disorder, they are simply not going to grow out of it. They need help. And then the question becomes, where do I get that help? Well, our guest on this episode of Special Parents Confidential can answer a lot of those questions. Barbara Corbin is the Early On Coordinator with the Kent Intermediate School District in Kent County, Michigan. She helps parents get their first diagnosis and coordinates getting help for children right at the very beginning. She can also answer that very important question, is it ever too early to get help? Barbara Corbin, thanks for taking the time to join us here on Special Parents Confidential. Great. Well, I w- I'm glad to be invited to participate. <laughs> Good. Well, I want to start off with discussing the importance about an early diagnosis for developmental delays because that's what uh, your programs are all about. And I've heard some parents occasionally say that they think their child might have some delays, but they want to wait until they're in school to see what the teachers think. Now, is, is that really a good idea? Well, I I would really encourage parents to, if they have a concern about their child's development, to contact someone right away. There's so much research that backs up early identification of developmental delays and early treatment really helping kids by the time they get to school. It really gives children a leg up. It helps parents understand their children's um, concerns better. And I would absolutely encourage parents not to wait. And, um, you know, by the time kids are in school, their brains are, I mean, the the optimum time is between birth and age three, and that we really want to identify delays or concerns and get uh, families information and treatment as soon as possible. Mm-hmm. Because uh, it's it's like they say, school is not only just a learning environment, it's also a social environment. Correct. That's right. And um the expectations for children by the time they are five are very high. And um, we know that if we can identify um, developmental concerns early, for, for children, for many children, we can help them with be ready to, ready to learn when they start school, help them with reading, help them with um, socialization, and, and other issues as well. You know, some physical disabilities, of course, are evident right away at birth, but developmental disorders and learning disorders typically show up later on. What would you say would be the appropriate age for parents to consider getting their child diagnosed if they're wondering that their child may have problems? I would encourage parents, as soon as they have a worry, to make a contact. Um, in the United States, we have a law that's called Part C of the 
Individuals with Disabilities Education Act, which the intention of that law is to make sure there's a system for early intervention in every state in the United States. There's also a system that serves the military um, and and um, what I would recommend is that parents contact someone as soon as possible. Sometimes um, physicians, depending on your pediatrician or your family physician or the clinic that you go to, um, the, the physician may or may not be aware of the resources for children. Um, I want to give you a website, John, that anybody can go to. It is a Michigan website, but there are national resources on there, and you can look up your state and find out who to call. So the website is the um, 1-800-EARLY-ON. I would encourage there's a tab if you live in Michigan, it comes right up to the referral page. You can make a referral um, for your child. You don't need to have a doctor make the referral. It's free. Oh, great. And you will get a call back or contacted back, the law says, within 10 days. But many times it's a turnaround of 24 hours. And it will, that website sends you right to your local area. And, and again, if you live out of the state of Michigan, you can click on national resources. You can look up every state in the United States, and they have a Part C coordinator um, that will help you get to the resources you need. That's fantastic, because that's one of the biggest challenges, I think, for a lot of parents is, you know, they don't really know where to turn. And sometimes if their family doctor or whoever they're seeing isn't quite up on things, they may not even know that uh, programs exist. Well, it is a very specialized area, and uh, physicians have a lot that they're juggling. And so, um, you know, some physicians' offices do developmental screening. They may use something like um, the ages and stages questionnaire or some other tool that they go through with parents and ask them questions to see if there's a concern. But not every um, pediatrician's office necessarily does that. And um, research shows that parents know their children best, and they, if they're observing something that doesn't seem quite right, then they need to trust their instincts and, and make a contact. Well, going along with that, you know, one of the things parents can often hear from uh, well-meaning or misinformed people, you know, such as maybe relatives or friends, they'll say that, well, you know, your son or daughter will just grow out of that. You know, if they're not talking, if they're not walking, they'll, they'll grow out of that. They'll, they'll come along. But, uh, you know, is there any evidence that justifies that view or is it, is it really better to get some kind of a medical evaluation if the parent's really concerned? Well, I... I, again, would encourage um, families to contact your early-on provider or your Part C provider in your state. It's free. You don't need uh, – evaluations are provided free in every state to, um, to families that have a concern about their child's development. And so it isn't uncommon for – well-meaning uh, friends and family members to not to to want to reassure parents so they're not worried. Um, that's not always so helpful. 
And I think it's important to remember sometimes those family members are, are um, parents are seeing the children once in a while. They're not with them all the time. And, you know, again, I would, I would emphasize that parents know their children best and um, kids don't really grow out of a delay or a disability. There is a range of development, which is true, and um, but it really can't hurt to get um, an evaluation or an assessment done. Another um, thing I wanted to offer, John, is there's several online tools that will walk you through a screening for your child. So if you were nervous about talking to a person and you wanted to look online first, um, you can access a tool like it's called the Ages and Stages Questionnaire. There are several sites that offer that for free, mm. and you can um, – in Grand Rapids, in the Kent County area, there is a program called Connections that you can enroll and do online screenings, developmental screenings with your child. But you can also search for those. Um, the Ages and Stages Questionnaire is a proven um, screening tool to use because that's another way. You know, maybe you want to just see it yourself and you're wondering, am I just imagining this or is this really an issue? And sometimes it helps to kind of go, oh, wow, yeah, I am seeing some things that, that are a concern. Right. That's fantastic because uh, that is one of the biggest things. And then uh, a little bit further from that, there are sometimes parents who just simply decide that they're not going to have their child evaluated because they're worried about the stigma that's associated with developmental delays or learning delays or learning disorders and the special education classes. What would you say to parents who have uh, that going on? Well, I, I come across that a lot, and I think parents worry that they're worry that their children are going to be labeled in a negative way and it's not going to be helpful for them. What I try to tell parents is that they always have a choice. So the law protects parents from, you know, they can be involved in an evaluation and assessment under three and they have a choice. I mean, they can take the information or leave it. I mean, so you can, the parents have a choice every step of the way. So if the, I encourage parents to at least get the information and then decide what you want to do from there. Um, and, and I do think it's important that parents have, um, their, that parents are in the driver's seat and they're fully informed and they have choices. And the one website that I gave you, um, the Michigan Alliance for Families, um, has a lot of good information out there for parent choice and um, what kind of questions to ask at an evaluation, that kind of thing. And I, I think that information is um, knowledge and knowledge is power and it can really help you know what next steps to do with your child. Right. And I, I would just add one other comment to that as someone who uh, has dealt with this kind of viewpoint. It, you know, in the early days of when we were going through our own uh, struggles, I kind of thought, well, what about the stigma? But then I, ju I just kind of decided for myself, if he's going to have problems in school or if she's going to have problems in school, why should I make them suffer more by refusing to get help? 
You know, I, I just feel that, uh, you know, if it's if it's fairly obvious that something's going on, then uh, by all means, let's uh, let's get some help. Well, and I think that that, you know, I think that's true. I think that if there's an issue um, and and there's a problem, I think um, getting help with it sooner rather than later is is going to make the situation better. It's still a challenge and it's still a worry. I mean, parents worry that their kids may may be teased or those kinds of things. Mm-hmm. I don't really observe that being the issue. I especially when kids are identified early because parents get the support and information and the community that they need to help arm themselves for what they're facing with their child. Right. And it's an unfortunate uh, fact that kids get teased regardless, <laughs> regardless of whether they yeah. have a problem or not. The right. Kids are going to get teased. That's just the unfortunate part of growing up. Right. And and as parents, I think we need to do the best we can to help um, support our kids and, and give them what they need to um, make it out there. Right. <laughs> Right. And I'd also like to say it's not it's not acceptable the kids are getting teased, but the fact is no. they are going to get teased and as long as you're able to do something about it then by golly, you know, you should do something. Right. So uh, um well, maybe move on here uh, to, uh wanted to talk more about what the health department offers as far as services and that sort of thing in the early on program that you're a part of. Um what can parents expect when they come in? So what the health department in in Kent County, which is where we live, um, offers many many programs that support um, parents of young children. Um, and generally, what we so early on right now in Michigan is generally housed in the school system, in the education system, in in um, other states, they may be housed in in health, um, but in Michigan, they're housed in education. So we work hand in hand with our health department here to help with. They basically do developmental screenings, or they will make referrals to our program when parents have concerns about development, or the nurses that are visiting them, or the clinic they're attending. Um, is having some concerns about um, their their baby or toddler. Okay, great. I'd like to talk about uh, early childhood special education, too. How important is it for parents to get their child started? And uh, what age is appropriate for that? Again, you know, it's, it's the age thing, too. But I think we want to, uh, you know, emphasize the fact that, uh, you know, you don't wait till preschool age. You can start even earlier than that. Am I right? Right. Well, early on is part of that system, and you know, in it, depending on the state, things are called different things. But really, IDEA, um, the Individuals with Disabilities Education Act, um, goes down to birth, and each state decides how they administer the program. But you know, we are. In Michigan, it starts at birth, and depending, 
the the service is going to look the same from birth to three. You're not putting your little one on a bus to go to a classroom. You're having a home visitor come to your house, help you with coaching. Maybe it would be um, an occupational therapist or a speech pathologist, but they're going to they're going to find out from the family what are their challenges with their little one and how can they help. Many times with very young children, the issues may have to do with feeding or sleeping or um, moving from one activity to the other. The, the, it's the home visitor's job to really look at that family's quality of life, what kinds of things can help that child in their natural routine, um, function within the family, and learn and grow. Well, I know that when uh, the evaluators first came to our house, because that was part of the process, we had uh, an on-site evaluation with the uh, school district, and then the evaluators also came to our house, and uh, we were very nervous about the whole thing, and we yeah. were just kind of shocked, you know, at the uh, the results of the evaluation. But uh, I think it's important for parents to know that, yeah, the evaluation is going to point out everything, and it's yeah. shocking to read it, but... You want that because that's how you get the help then. Right. Well, it can be really hard and feel very personal. And, and I think at times, um, I, I think all parents often ask themselves, what did we do wrong to make this situation the way it is? Right. And is there something that, that we did in the pregnancy or is, you know, People worry about um, those kinds of things. But, I, again, I think that um, having the information can be helpful. Um, and in order to qualify for services, um, you know, an evaluation or assessment is, is required. Um, the, the important part after the evaluation is then what do you do with that information? How do you support that family and that child? and help them um, in their in their goals and to be ready for school. Right. And I know, uh, you know, with all the anxiety and all that that we had when uh, our son was diagnosed and uh, with all the uh, anxieties that a lot of parents have, one of the things that I thought that was really helpful is that uh, when we got together then for therapy sessions at the school, they would have the parents work with the kids for a little bit, and then uh, a couple of the uh, support staff would uh, work with the kids individually while the parents sat down at a table separately and talked uh, among themselves with a facilitator and kind of had a little support group meeting. And I thought that was a big, big help because you got a chance to find out that other people are uh, going through this as well. Can you talk about the importance of support group meetings and working with other parents of special needs children and how vital that is? Sure. I do think it's very important. Um, it's, you know, all parents need um, a support system, and if you have a child that's identified with a, a delay or a disability or a special need, um, it's often hard to find people to understand what you're going through. And um, you know, you you can't always just go talk to your neighbor and and get support that way when you're dealing with different behaviors and different. Um, um, medical concerns, and then they are, and and also the worries 
worries about your child as they grow older. What are they going to be like? What are their challenges going to be? I think it's so important to have support from other parents that um, are dealing with the same kind of issues. It doesn't mean that they, the the parents need to have the exact same, their children need to have the exact same diagnosis or educational label. I don't think that part's in, is important as talking to someone that's, you know, been through an evaluation and had to deal with that anxiety and and um, is dealing with the worry of what's going to happen next, how is my child going to grow, what are their challenges going to be. Um, most uh, communities have support groups. Um, our our health department offers a support group for families of, with kids with special needs, um, and there's also support to be found at the um, ARC Kent. I think I sent you that. Um, the ARC Kent is uh, a West Michigan support uh, information and support for uh, families with special needs. Um, and I would really encourage parents. Another thing I hear that parents do a lot is find online support. Maybe they can't get out of the house or they don't have transportation. Um, there's there's um, also online support groups that, that can be really helpful. Yeah, that's great. In fact, well, that was in, leads to in the next question here, which is a lot of listeners of this uh, podcast aren't actually in Michigan. Where's the best place for parents to find out more about the services that are available for their, spe- for their special needs kids and getting help for their uh, situations in their areas? One of the websites that I would send parents to is the Early Childhood Technical Assistance um, website, and, and um, you're going you're gonna to have that link on your page. Um, it's the short version is the ECTA Center, and they do have a tab for families. Parents can also do a Google search for early intervention um, in their state or territory or the area that they live, and and they should be able to find a similar program that I'm talking about. It may be affiliated with um, the education department, or in many states it, it could be through the health department. Okay, great. So cities or counties, depending upon the size. Right. right. Another good um, resource is... Pediatric hospitals also could be a resource for um, families as well. Mm-hmm. And they would give that information for free for yes. people to call. Yes, absolutely. Okay, great. And then what other websites do you recommend for parents who want valid information about early childhood special education and the early on programs? And I, and saying that, I know you've sent me a list, and we're going to we're going to put that list on the. Uh, on the uh, podcast website, but if you could just talk a little bit about each website and what they offer. Sure. That'd be great. Sure. So the the website I've mentioned before is the 1-800-EARLYON.ORG, which is a Michigan website um, that can help with referral and information. It also has state and national resources for families um, and it's a, a referral site. If a parent was having difficulty 
and they didn't live in Michigan, they you can also it's also a phone number, so you can call that number and say, "Well, I really live in Minnesota, but I don't know who to call," and they will help you. Oh, that's great. Yeah. So one eight hundred early on dot org is my first website. I'm going to tell you about. The next website I'm going to tell you about are two more Michigan websites, um, the Michigan Alliance for Families dot org. Um, they have a lot of resources for families of kids of all ages with uh, disability um, or a special need. And they also link to some national resources and have some really good videos and developmental information on their website. Um, the next one I would uh, give is um, the ARC Kent. And there are, so it's A-R-C and Kent, K-E-N-T, and that's mostly for West Michigan, but there are ARC um, organizations in other areas of the country. And one of the things that this organization offers is um, if a parent um, has having difficulty accessing services or they're not sure how to um, get help or want some coaching, maybe they want someone to help them attend an, an IEP meeting or an IFSP meeting, which is the meetings that you would attend for children um, involved in special education. Um, they can help you with a one-on-one -on -one conversation and offer some support that way. So that that's a really helpful um, organization. Um, the next uh, national website I'm going to give you, um, which I don't like the name because it is it it makes it sound it sounds kind of negative, but it's a great website. The name is the Center for Disease Control. And this is a national website that has really good resources on all kinds of things, but it has developmental um, screening tools on there, um, has some nice videos, has some things you can do, um, and resources, and, that, and um, that's www.cdc.gov. And then I, I, it has a slash parents and slash infants to get to, it's pretty easy to navigate. I like that website. Um, again, it doesn't mean that your child has a disease. It's just one of those government names that needs to be changed, I think. Right. Well, it's, a, it's an area of medical concern, and so they probably just Correct. lump it all right. together. And it, and it, you're right, and it encompasses a big amount of information, and a, a lot of it includes um, medical information, which is why it's called that. Right. You're right. Okay. So the next one is uh, the Early Childhood Technical Assistance website, and that's the ectacenter.org, and that is a national website. Um, they do have a family page. Some of their information is um, pretty technical. Technical assistance means help with early childhood kinds of issues, and um, but there are some good resources on there, and they do have a family tab. So the other 
website that may be helpful to families um, if they're looking for developmental information is pathways.org. They have some nice videos and developmental information, so I I listed those. Mm-hmm. Okay, great. Um, so there's your list, John. <laughs> well, that's great. <laughs> I appreciate it. Um, any other kind of advice that you would uh, maybe give to uh, parents who might be still reluctant or wondering or just completely confused and overwhelmed? Um, anything you could say to them that uh, you know you'd want them to know about? Well, um, I guess I would encourage parents to reach out. You, if you know, sometimes I get um, emails from parents that have questions, but they don't want to give me any identifying information. You can do that. You can reach out to your person and just say, you know. I have some questions. What do you think my next step should be? Or you can always call. That 1-800-EARLY-ON number is a phone number. And you can call. You can get to your local person and have a conversation and say what you're worried about and what you've tried. And it's pretty much county system. It has a person like me that is willing and able to talk to families and talk about these issues. And I would encourage families, if you're worried, make that call. Don't wait. Mm -hmm. That's my advice. Right. (laughs) And you can even do the old, I have a friend who has a child who is not my child. Exactly. And And that's fine. (laughs) And the, um, you know, right. And, And grandma can't make a referral for you if you're not interested in in having one <laughs> I'm, I'm giving that advice to grandmas right yeah <laughs> parents need to be in charge and in agreement right that's yes. great okay well thank you so much for talking with us today barbara. all right nice to meet you take care my thanks again to barbara corbin the early on coordinator with the kent intermediate school district in kent county michigan we have links to all the websites she talked about on the webpage for this podcast As we always do at this point, a reminder that if you like this episode of Special Parents Confidential or any episode that we've done, please share our site with your friends and family and all your connections on social media. You can do this easily with the social media buttons on our website. Like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter, add us on Google+, Tumblr, LinkedIn, Pinterest, StumbleUpon, Reddit, or other social media sites that you use. You can also sign up for our email service and have new posts and podcast episodes delivered right to your inbox the moment they're available online. We're also on iTunes and Stitcher as a free subscription. And if you have a moment, feel free to write a review about our podcast. Anything you can do to help spread the word about Special Parents Confidential will help us be able to continue these podcasts. And that's it for this episode of Special Parents Confidential. I'm John Pellegrini. Thanks for listening.